Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. Happy, happy Tuesday. It is Tuesday, December 5th. We have a lot on the docket today. Obviously, because it is Tuesday, we are going to be joined by Toby Leary in the 2 o'clock hour. Very excited about that. We also have a lot of updates for you on some pretty amusing stories, including John Fetterman, who continues to be the sanest member of the Democrat Party. Now, to be fair, it is not it's not a stiff competition. You know, this is one of those things I'm damning with faint praise here. With that being said, though, it holds up. If you haven't heard about the latest and greatest duo in politics, I'm here to blow your mind. Fetterman, John Fetterman, the Pennsylvania senator, and the recently expelled congressman from New York, George Santos. Fetterman and Santos. The duo, Jared, I never knew I needed. They've joined forces And this is very bad news for Senator Bob Goldbar Bob Menendez. Just that entire sentence feels like a fever dream, doesn't it? It feels like Joe Biden, when he's talking about the uh, old lady in Delaware living in the Victorian, dropping dimes on drug dealers. Like, you're so confused by so many different parts of it. Wait a second. Fetterman has joined forces with George Santos To take down Bob Menendez? Well, yeah, kind of, in a way. If you haven't seen John Fetterman, after going on The View yesterday, I was listening to Taylor on my way home, and he was talking about Fetterman's appearance on The View, and I was shocked that Fetterman was making so much sense. Again, like, you know, Jared, I keep thinking to myself, all right, he's checking checking a box here. He's, He's making me happy with his support for Israel saying a couple of things that I agree with. But that's one thing, you know, that's one topic or or that's one issue that's ongoing is Israel. And I thought, okay, he supports Israel, even a broken clock, right? But now he's making sense when it comes to Bob Menendez. Like, I don't know what this means. So anyway, though, he goes on The View and he's slamming Bob Menendez as a senator and i really like this line he said he's a senator from egypt not from or he's a senator for egypt not for new jersey and then he proceeds and in that conversation joy behar she starts off by saying what do you think about george santos because you know they're all obsessed with this and fetterman makes the point that at least santos is entertaining which has always by the way been my point as well if you're gonna lie and they're all lying but if you're gonna lie Tell me something good. Like, I want something juicy. I want something outlandish. I want something fabulous. And that is what Santos has been delivering. So Fetterman goes on there, and when Joy Behar asks him about it, he basically says, like, yeah, whatever. His are kind of fun. I mean, what about Bob Menendez? He does a what about to Joy Behar. And then it gets better. He then pays George Santos to record a cameo 
where he's telling Bob Menendez to hang in there. Like, you're going to get through this, Bob. It's just, it's art. It's art, and I love it. And we're going to break that down. We'll play those sound cuts. We also have John Kerry. We talked a little bit yesterday about how he was at the COP28. And I made mention of it because he had said that he doesn't think there should be any coal power plants ever. Like, there should be no more of those. And I was making the point that someone should tell that to China because they're ramping up production of these plants. I didn't realize, though, that I was burying the lead. Like, had I known that there's accusations that John Kerry allegedly broke wind during that response, I would have put on my detective earphones and re-listened to it a couple times. So now there's this whole debate about whether or not John Kerry farted at COP28. Um, The same people who have the same sleuths who investigated Eric Swalwell's farts and AOC's alleged farts. They're now trying to break down this audio. We have that. We also have a really weird clip where he says that democracy. What does he say, Jared? Is it climate change is like sex? Democracy is like democracy is like sex. I don't want to hear. That could have been a poll question. What what grosses you out more? The idea of John Kerry farting on stage. Or John Kerry on stage talking about sex because I honestly don't want either. I would have I would have been happy today with with neither of these things crossing my desk. Just kind of don't need it. So we'll talk about that, and I have updates for you on illegal immigration, including Senator Dick Durbin, who he thinks the solution to our open borders. Get this: allowing illegal aliens to join the military. You know how we've been talking recently. We talked, Jared. Why were we talking recently about? the recruitment issues. Maybe when I'm talking about, I can't remember the exact story that we were focusing on how the military is having a really hard time meeting their recruitment numbers. It was bringing back the, uh, allowing the unvaccinated. Yes, 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 yes. To Which is a huge story. You're right, Jared. So the, the army is now telling people, hey, I, I know we kicked you out because you wouldn't get vaccinated and uh, we tried to ruin your lives, but now we're kind of desperate. So if you want to come back, we still are going to, you know, keep trying to convince you to get the jab, but uh, we'll, we'll allow it if you want to come back. And so we've been talking about the recruitment. I think they missed it by like 22% or something outrageous. And Dick Durbin has a solution for that. Just let the illegal aliens who are flooding our borders join the military. I'm stealing a line from Howie Carr here. What could possibly go wrong? We, we've already had reports that ISIS-linked smugglers or independent contractors who have sympathy with ISIS are smuggling in people from all over the world. You know, we have Chinese nationals who are growing uh, pot, pot grows in Maine. We have all these stories about all these people coming here, fentanyl, you know, uh, the drug cartels, everything. But let's just have everyone who's coming in illegally, let's just tell them, hey, if you join the military... We will make you an American citizen. I think that that is the, one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. What, at least today, one of the dumbest things. You know, check back with me tomorrow might be different. But actually, what I wanted to start with today, I want to go over a couple of those in case anything, um, in case anything is sparking some thoughts with the callers. But I wanted to start today with a piece here by David Harsani. And I really like David Harsani's work. He does a really good job of breaking things down in a pretty simple way. And the title of this piece is A Short History of Joe's Long Record of Lying About Biden, Inc. So we talked yesterday about how there's new checks 
There's new bank information that has been uncovered by James Comer, who's the head of the Oversight Committee regarding Joe and Hunter and their influence peddling schemes. And what David Harsani does is he breaks down the moving of the goalposts. Because remember when this all started, it's really, it's evolved pretty quickly. And it's not just Joe Biden. Here's the issue. If it was just Joe Biden whose uh, excuses and lies were evolving, that would be one thing. But the media is trying their best to kind of shapeshift with him and try to cover for him with all his new excuses. And so what David Harsani does is he breaks it down and he, and the great thing is, I was going through this, I don't normally read something to start the show, but I was going through this and I was like, we have all these cuts. Like there's probably six cuts he references here and I remember each one of them. What I didn't remember though, Jared, well actually let me get into it and then I'll explain what I didn't remember. It says, during a tw- and I'm going to skip around a little bit. This is from The Federalist. I have it in my recommended reading, or maybe it's in Howie's homework. Not, not sure. You guys can check that out, though, at gracecurlyshow.com. It says, during a 2020 campaign event, then-presidential hopeful Joe Biden was asked by an Iowa man if the, former son's, if the former's son, Hunter Biden, had ever had access to the Obama administration. Now, I forgot. I referenced the fat moment all the time. But the reason I'm referencing it is because we constantly talk about Joe Biden's thin skin and how if you ask him any sort of question, if you hold him accountable for anything, he's going to come back at you with some mean, um, bitter, twisted response. And a lot of times the one I think of is when he called this very nice, just regular voter fat for asking him a question. What I forgot was this guy's question was about Hunter, and that's what really ticked him off. So I want to play this for you. The it says the future president who had vowed to bring decorum and decency back to the White House called the man a damn liar and fat and told him he was too old before insulting his IQ. Can I get that cut, Jared? No one has said my son has done anything wrong, and I did not on any occasion. And no one has ever said it. Not I didn't once. say you were doing anything wrong. I you said, said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? Yes. Get I your did. word straight, Jack. That's but I, you're on, the, on MSNBC. All the you time. don't hear that in MSNBC. You did not hear that at all. What you heard? Look, okay, I'm not going to get in an argument with you, man. Well, yeah, you do. But, uh, but look, fat, look, here's the deal. Look, fat. And, and the audience gets awkward after that. They don't, they're like, did, did he just call him fat? Was that, is that part of his stutter? What was that? And so the reason that um, the reason he gets so upset is because this guy's challenging him more than the media ever did. You have to leave it to a voter. It's like what Howie always says about the reporter on the tarmac who uh, who was at the tarmac and reporting on um, was it Loretta Lynch and then nobody else reported on it. And of course, it had to be a local reporter because the national media couldn't be bothered. This is the same thing. You need a guy from Iowa to ask the president the most basic or then candidate Biden the most basic questions so later he goes on to continue to deny ever knowing anything about hunter biden's business dealings it says biden would go on to contend on numerous occasions that he never once even spoke to his son hunter about the family's influence peddling business so let's play the first one we have here this is cut seven there is a, excuse me, there is a photo of you uh, golfing with your son Hunter and his business partner, Devin Archer. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business? Yes, I stand by that statement. Mr. Would you have- 
He stands by that statement. Joe claimed never to have discussed with my son anything having to do with what was going on in Ukraine. That's a fact. We have another example of this. That president's accusation against you stems from your son, Hunter Biden, working on the board of an energy company in Ukraine right. while you were vice president. Do you agree that that could at least create the appearance of a conflict? Look, what I agree is with that there's not a single solitary thing anyone said that was done wrong. I don't discuss business with my son. I didn't know that was the case when, in fact, I found out after the fact. And because I don't discuss things with my son or my family, because I don't want to have any knowledge of any, I, I don't want to be accused of, well, you talk with your son or you talk with your whomever. And so the fact is, though, everybody's looked at that. He did nothing wrong. Zero. Period. Okay, so that was then. Things have changed. And we're going to continue to talk about how things have changed. Why? You look like you're giggling, Jared. That's a fact. Okay, got it. I just, I try, just try to keep my facts in order. He always, you notice he does look a lot too. Like look usually comes right before some sort of insult. Look fat. Look. Look, you don't know what you're talking about. I think he said that to Caitlin Collins once. Look, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, we're going to keep going with this because there's so many examples of it. And it's important because each time the verbiage, the framing of it changes based off what information is out. And the media is trying to do backflips to keep up with these changes. And so we will continue to play these sound cuts. It's a really good piece. Um, But I wanted to let everybody know uh, that right now in this world, it is a crazy, crazy time. You see what's happening in the Middle East. There's just such a great deal of uncertainty with the the economy here um, and around the world. And we haven't experienced times like these. For a lot of us, this is the first time we've seen this kind of turmoil in real time and it's not the time though with all the craziness to forget about our fallen heroes despite what is happening around us we have so many reasons to be a grateful nation and in large part we have our military and our veterans to thank for our liberties and our freedoms national reach across america day is saturday december 16th it's coming up it's going to be here before you know it today's december 5th so it's it's very, very close. And you can join in the mission. It's so easy to take part in this mission, to remember our fallen heroes and to honor those who currently serve. And what I think is one of the most important parts to teach the younger generations the value of their freedoms. This lesson is not going to cost you a lot of money. It's $17 to donate one of these wreaths. And you'll see this beautiful ceremony that happens every year. And it's so touching to watch. It's so important but it's so easy to be a part of and uh, it's really a special thing so join the more than two million volunteers and supporters who will gather to remember honor and teach at more than four thousand participating locations in all 50 states go to wreathsacrossamerica.org to show your appreciation for our veterans that's wreathsacrossamerica.org please donate now we'll be right back you're listening to the grace curly show This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. James Freeman has a post in the Wall Street Journal, and it's titled, Is NBC Rooting for Trump? And it's focused on an interview that Ron DeSantis gave to NBC's Kristen Welker. She was the same woman who was 
moderating the debate between Trump and Biden, where Biden admitted that he wanted to, you know, uh, move away from fossil fuels. And Trump got him to admit that on stage because the moderator wasn't asking him any important questions. And Kristen Welker responded. And for some reason, this always stuck in my mind. She said something along the lines of like, why would you say that? And you could tell the way she said it. It wasn't why would you say that? Explain yourself. It was why would you admit right now on this stage that you're going to uh, transition away from fossil fuels when I didn't even ask you that question? You, you just answered a question that could make you lose the election. And we all know NBC was trying their hardest to help Biden win the election. So that's how when I think Kristen Welker, that's what I think. But she does this interview with Ron DeSantis, and it's very clear that she wants both Ron DeSantis to admit that Trump is bad while also kind of admitting that he has no shot at beating Trump, kind of putting him in a lose-lose situation. And Freeman is wondering whether NBC wants Trump to win the primary, the nomination, and then go on to lose the election. We've had this conversation before on the show. But I'm really at a point now where I'm wondering if most people in the media, most air quotes, journalists, if they just want Trump to win in general, like you keep reading these stories the Washington Post, you hear it on The View, you hear it from Rachel Maddow, you hear it from um, all of these lunatics that uh, Joe Scarborough, that Trump's going to come in and start executing people. Remember that monologue? He's gonna, he's an autocrat. He's going to start executing his political opponents. They're, they're accusing Trump of all these things they already accused him of in 2020 or in 2016, and none of it came true, but they're just going to try it again. But somewhere deep down, I wonder if what they really want, if you if you ask them, Jared, under the bright lights and you got them to be if you gave them like a truth serum and they had to be honest, I think most of them are hoping Trump wins in 2024. And I know you're probably thinking that's nuts, Grace. These people hate Trump so much. But think about it. Think about what their lives were like when Trump was president. They were rock stars. They were. They were heroes. They got podcasts. They got book deals. If Trump decided he hated you, that was the easiest way for your star to rise. And you know what's you know what's evidence of that is Liz Cheney right now is on some sort of book tour for her book. It's called like Honor and Honor and Oath or something, something dumb, something that you know is very forgettable. And just for her going on this book tour and hating Donald Trump, these same people who hated her for decades. They hated Liz Cheney and they hated her father. They now love her. They only love her because she hates Trump. That's how powerful this guy is. He can make a star out of anybody. I'm going to make a star out of you, kid. He can do it. And they want that again. So it brings us to our poll question. And maybe people will agree. We'll, we'll find out. But today's poll question is brought to you by Tux. It's brought to you by Toyota of Portsmouth. Keep your Toyota a Toyota and schedule your next service Appointment online at toyotaofportsmouth.com. Get more value with factory trained technicians and genuine Toyota parts. I love Toyota of Portsmouth. Uh, Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurleyshow.com, is what does the media want for 2024? Trump to lose the primary, Trump to win the primary but lose the general, or Trump to win the primary and the general? Trump... To win the primary and the general. 
Only 13% feel that way. 51% believe they want Trump to win the primary but lose the general. 36% say they want Trump to lose the primary. We'll talk more about this. It's 844-500-4242. And we'll get back to this history of Biden's lying when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Okay, so we left off with this piece by David Harsani, and I think it's important. I think it's important to go over the timeline of Joe Biden's lies because they really have changed a lot, and that's a problem, you know? Uh, You can use the old, uh, oh, what a tangled web we weave when yet we practice to deceive. And the truth is, if you're going to lie, it's you're better off. First of all, you're better off being the only one who knows you're lying, which I don't think is the case with this Biden family. And I don't I don't get the sense that any of them are stand up people like they're going to stand by each other um, when push comes to shove. But you're also better off deciding on a lie in the beginning and sticking with it. What Joe Biden did was he picked such a bold lie, Jared, like he decided right out of the gates to say, I never spoke to him about any of this. And that's tricky because now it's changed from, well, I never spoke to him about it to uh, I never talked about business with him to I never was in business with him to I never personally benefited from any of these business dealings. So the goalpost is I can't really see it anymore. It's too far away, but it's constantly moving. And so let's take it back here. It says... When the New York Post broke the Hunter Biden laptop story indicating that Joe had lied, virtually the entire left wing media regurgitated the claims of former intelligence officials that the the story smacked of Russian disinformation. So this was the letter, the 51 ex-intelligence agents like James Clapper and John Brennan, you know, guys who are just so full of integrity. It's just oozing out of them. They all signed on for this bogus letter to try to convince the American public that the laptop was disinformation. Most people now realize that it is actually true and the contents are true, unless you're like Representative Dan Goldman and you still haven't gotten the memo so many years later. But most people now understand that these ex-intelligence agents were just trying to undermine President Trump. They were just trying to get him out of office. So I want to play this cut. This is from the debates. And it worked. Like they they concocted this letter based off of a whole lot of nothing to say it had all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. And the reason they did it was to give Joe Biden kind of a life jacket, something to hold on to when he was in this debate and when Trump inevitably brought up Hunter Biden and their shady, corrupt business dealings all over the world. They just needed to give Joe something something he could cling to when he went into full desperation mode. And that's what he did. This is cut six. Is a Russian plant. They have said that this is national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is has all the care for five former heads of the CIA. Both parties say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. 
Well, now this is David Harsani, we soon found out there was plenty of basis to the story. Hunter had hosted a dinner in a private room at Cafe Milano in D.C. with his dad and an executive from Burisma, the company that had enriched the Biden business. And in an email dated the next day, the Ukrainian exec thanked Hunter for the meeting with his dad. In scores of other emails and texts, Hunter talks about his dad helping him secure payments and taking a cut. One of Hunter's former business partners contends Joe was involved in the family business, as does Hunter's former close friend, who testified under oath that Joe was on upwards of 20 calls with business associates. Going back to Goldman for a second, those are the calls that he uh, claims were just niceties. Those were the calls about the weather. A lot of weather talk. Some people love to talk about the weather. 20 phone calls, though, to your son and his business partners. I hope he's subscribing to, like, the special weather channel with his TV guide. Because I think Joe would really, really love it. Just 24-7 coverage of weather all over the country. At this point, there was an overwhelming direct evidence that Joe was a willing participant at the very least in creating the impression that influence trading was happening and plenty of circumstantial evidence that the elder Biden was getting a 10 percent cut for the troubles, 10 percent for the big guy. While at first there had been no evidence that Biden knew anything, suddenly there was no evidence that Biden had personally benefited from Hunter's scheming as if enriching your entire family wasn't personal. So again, this is a change. This is a change up. And this had to come as more information and text messages were coming out. It says, and this is when the partisan defenses of Joe began to see a dramatic decline in quality. I would say this is when they began to crumble. One of my favorites was the Washington Post, Eugene Robinson, who was not alone arguing, here's the quote, We know how important family is to the president. So do you hang up on your son? (laughs) In other words, like he had no choice. Your son calls you from 20 different business meetings. You're going to pick up the call. Your son, who's also struggling with addiction, if you don't pick up the call, you're just a bad dad at that point. What would you do? It was probably um, familial love that induced James Biden to write his brother Joe a personal check for $200,000. That, by complete happenstance, was the exact amount James had received from the failed AmeriCorps family venture on the very same day. Talk about crazy coincidences. It was around this time, and we have sound of this, that the White House language began subtly shifting from blanket denials to finely tuned Clinton-esque turns of phrases about Joe never being in business with his son. Do we have that cut, Jerry? Let's play it. Uh, Chairman James Comer today says that the oversight... Committee, excuse me, has evidence that the president in the past communicated directly with foreign business associates of his son Hunter Biden many times. Curious if the White House and the president still stand behind his comment that he's never been involved and has never even uh, spoken to his son about his. So I've been I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. Now. They always give away the game. They always give away the game. You know how there's those things, Jared, like body language people who will say, if you're talking to someone and they cover their mouth or something while they're talking, they're probably lying. If their eyes dart up at the ceiling, they're probably lying to you. The Biden White House is so bad at their jobs, and their jobs right now are just lying, just trying to cover their tracks, that they always give away the game before they even say it. So the translation for this is, I'm about to change what I've been saying this entire time. 
but she she prefaces it with the answers never changed. That's that's because Jared, the answer is about to change. Do you, do you notice that? That's exactly what it is. It's I'm about to change this response that I have been giving for the last few years of saying Joe Biden never spoke to his son about business. That was the line. That was the company line that they all trotted out. Joe Biden never spoke to his son about business, period. Never spoke to his son about business. And then she's going to change it to Joe Biden was never in business with his son. But she has to let you know that this is the same thing she's been saying the whole time. Play that cut again, Jared. Listen to the beginning of it. They, they're such bad liars that they have to almost warn you that you're about to be served up a Whopper with extra cheese. Listen to this. He's never been involved and has never even uh, spoken to his son about his business. So I've been, I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president ha- was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. She's answered this question five million times. The answer has never changed. The answer is going to remain the same. And yet she changes the answer. Just just worth noting. Now, you might recall this is David Harsani again, that Biden had claimed Hunter never made money in terms of this thing about what are you talking about China? That's another quote we have here. Let's go to Joe Biden talking about China. This was from the debate in 20 uh, in 2020. This is cut eight. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. I have not had a, The only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. By the way, if Trump did make any money from China, it was from uh, the private sector because he ran several successful businesses. Just something to keep in mind. A little bit different from whatever the Bidens are selling because they're not selling anything. They don't have any product they're selling. They might be selling the Biden brand, which I'm not really sure what that is either. Is that like, oh, the Biden brand smoking, uh, sniffing Parmesan cheese off the rug and sniffing people's hair. Is that the Biden brand? Who's buying that? So then it says, but Hunter had not only tagged along on Air Force two trips to China in 2013, he'd introduced his dad to the Chinese banker he was teaming up with for a private equity fund. So I eagerly look forward to fact checkers, media and the White House clarifying why this is all just fine. It's been a wild ride so far. So I bet the explanation is going to be amazing. Well, yesterday we got a little bit of the explanation. As I mentioned, in case you're wondering why I'm rehashing this, it's because Comer came out yesterday. He gave a a, not a press conference, but he released a video where he explained that there was more checks now. And this reporter actually explains who the checks were made out to, why it's a problem, and he poses it to KJP. He's wondering about these Hunter Joe payments, considering this now officially derails the entire house of cards that they have been stacking. Like, the entire the entire lie here was that Hunter and Joe, yeah, sure. They maybe maybe they were in maybe they talked about business together, but they weren't in business together. Maybe he was on the phone with Hunter's business partners, but he never got any money directly. He was never involved directly. This could be a real issue for them. So listen to KJB's response. This is cut five. You already got a question. Go ahead, Phil. Thank you. Uh, the White House has said repeatedly that the president and his son were never in business together. They've said that repeatedly also in this room. Um, according to bank records obtained by the House Oversight Committee, though, uh, one of Hunter Biden's businesses, Osawa PC, set up direct payments to the president. 
did the president accept payment? And why would there be such an arrangement if they were never in business together or if there was a wall of separation, as the president has previously said? So I have to be uh, clear with you. I, I have not seen that report, so I would have to refer you to my colleagues over at the White House Counsel's Office on that particular question. All right, everyone. Thank See you. some of you in Boston or on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. And that's a wrap. <laughs> that's all, folks. That was all she needed to, to get out of there. She grabbed her stuff so quickly off the podium. She's going to have an issue here, Jared. I, I know she lies all the time. But you know what? You know what, though? She won't have an issue because now what they'll do, which I always find amazing, they'll answer certain questions and they'll change their answers. They'll get away with it. They'll get away with it. They'll get away with it. And right when they know, all right, I can't do this anymore. Like the lie is too big. You know what she'll start to do? She'll start to do exactly what she did at the end of that cut. She'll start to say, I'm going to refer you to, I'll refer you to here. I'll refer you to there. I'll refer you to anywhere but here. That's going to be the next thing. And she says, I'll see you all in Boston. Because for people who are listening right now, our Massachusetts audience, if you haven't heard, the president is in Boston today. I heard it's going to be a nightmare for traffic. But it's worth it. It's worth it to have a little bit of that Joe je ne sais quoi spirit all around us um we'll keep you posted if we have any sound from that i I didn't really get a a good sense of what the events are but i'm sure per usual he has a jam-packed schedule here in boston 844-500-4242 but i think that's a good summary of where we are thus far with the hunter biden allegations and um we will keep you posted if we learn more i have a lot more sound to get to a lot of stories i want to talk about fetterman santos and Bob Menendez when we come back. In the past couple of years alone, close to 50 satisfied Grace listeners have allowed J.J. Manning auctioneers to sell their valuable real estate assets quickly, contingency-free, and for the highest price the market will pay. Don't wait because you can be the next one. Since 1976, J.J. Manning's project-based approach of selling real estate has generated positive results for individuals, families, builders, companies, banks, estates, and more. And it makes sense why, because you set the sale date, you have one consolidated open house, there's no surprise nor last minute showings. All of the all of the stress factors involved in a typical real estate transaction are just out the window. You don't have to um, worry about things. You don't have to have that finger biting, like nail biting. Ooh, what's going to happen? Is someone going to drop out? It's a contingency. There's none of that. This is smooth sailing with J.J. Manning. And their sellers are never left out in the cold wondering about interest on their property or wondering if they got the most money for their property. You set the terms, you sell contingency free, and the buyer pays all the commissions. That's really the important part of what you need to know here. They use a 30-30 marketing plan, 30 days of advertising, 30 days to close. It's a successful recipe and it works for them and it's going to work for you. No haggling, no changes to your deal. To learn more on how to get your commercial, residential, or land sold quickly, contact Charlie Gill at 800-521-0111 or go to jjmanning.com. Again, call Charlie today at 800-521-0111 or go to jjmanning.com and get your real estate sold. We will be back with your calls. Do not go anywhere. This is The Grace Curley Show. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m.
This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. The textures are a little split here. 917 says, we were discussing the poll question, like, what does the media want? If we could give them a truth serum and they had to tell us, like the uh, Chris Wallace's, the Kristen Welker's, the Chuck Todd's of the world, what do you actually want? Like in 2024, what's your ideal situation? I feel, and in the words of Tamara Judge, the real housewife of Orange County, it's my opinion that they would choose Trump as president. I think a lot of this stuff is like wrestling. You know, it's it's for the theater. It's for, we're so scared. He's going to, like Joe Scarborough is a really good example. And I, I wrote a piece on this in Spectator a couple weeks ago, but it's evergreen, I would say. It's still going to hold up. Joe Scarborough is a great example because here's a guy who had had Trump on Morning Joe more than a handful of times in 2015, 2016. And then all of a sudden, and he's, you know, at Mar-a-Lago with Mika. They're rubbing elbows with people. They're kissing Trump's behind. And then all of a sudden he flips a switch and he starts to try to convince the audience, like the boy who cried wolf, Trump's really bad. Trump's really bad. He's going to try to kill us all. Ah!" I just don't think that he got to that place from any sort of logic. I think it's performative. I think he saw what was good for ratings. He saw, you know, the the cash money. And he thought this is a way to get into the living rooms or the kitchens, wherever people watch their TVs, of all of these Trump deranged liberal people in America. And it worked. I think their ratings were actually pretty good for a while. And I hate to sound pessimistic, but I think that's all these people care about. They care about money and ratings. And so if I had to guess, if you if you ask them, what do you actually want in 2024? I think they'd say they'd want Trump to win. But the texters disagree. So one texter agrees and says, Grace, you're right. Journalists want Trump to win because it's an easy day at work. Everyone that works today is just looking for the easiest way to get their salary. The fact checkers are on the left MSM side, so they don't want to report anything too accurately. Now, 917 says, Grace, come on. I don't doubt that there are a select few in the media hoping for Trump to win the presidency for the reasons you stated. They are the ones able to put reason before emotion. But you and I know that the left is ruled by emotion and 99% of the mainstream media wants Trump to win the nomination so they can relish him being beaten by Biden all over again. Hmm. I'm not so sure. I, I don't know. It's it's something we can we can debate and you can try to convince me. 844-500-4242. All right. So we have to talk a little bit here. You know, I'll save the John Fetterman, Jared, because it's Jared is going to be mad if I try to if I try to squeeze this George Santos cut into 20 seconds. So instead, I want to talk about the John Kerry. John Kerry allegedly farted at this climate summit. Jared, have you listened to the audio? I have. Yeah, there is definitely that sound when he's talking. Um, but what's your verdict? You're the one, you know, you're kind of our audio wizard here. Are you going with, yes, he broke wind or no, it was some sort of Eric Swalwell, the mug moved across the desk type of situation? Oh, I'm going uh, 100% going with, yes, he did, in fact, break wind while he was doing this. And therefore, he needs to take some pill that takes an enzyme that diffuses that, wear a mask forever like the cows. 
who are destroying take some sort of seaweed supplement that's yes. going to stop him from farting. You know what, Jared? That's not a bad idea. We're adding that to the whiteboard. When we come back, we're going to talk Santos, Fetterman, and I want to talk illegal immigration as well, plus updates on Israel. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> 